0: All right, what's up Liquid? Hey, great to see you guys. Hey, let's give a big Valentine's welcome this weekend to all our campuses. Give a hand guys, we're glad you guys are here joining us today. Welcome to part two of our series, First Comes Love. It's all about relationships. Um, Last week we heard a great message on the purpose of singleness. Uh, By the way, how great was uh, Pastor Nithin in our panel? We had T and Kelly dropping truth bombs, it was awesome. Well, what I want to do today is just kind of keep it real and talk about the reality of marriage, because first comes love, then comes marriage, and I'm hoping that this is going to be helpful to couples. Uh, maybe you're dating, your boyfriend or girlfriend is with you, or maybe even married, newly married, you got kids, or or maybe you're single and you're hoping to date or or be married one day because I think we all come into marriage with these these great expectations, right? And as you saw in our video, the reality is sometimes very different. So let me start by sharing a Bible verse that I think is like a reality check. In fact, I'm just gonna say something bold. If you follow the advice given in this Bible verse, I guarantee you'll never have a problem in your marriage. How many wanna hear a verse like that, okay? Follow this advice, you will never have a problem. You ready, we'll put it up on the screen for you. Here it is, 1 Corinthians seven. It is good for a man not to marry. (laughs) Okay. Just <laughs> I know all, all the romantic, you know, ladies are like, what a terrible thing to say on Valentine's. Why would he say that? Because the Bible then explains, listen to this. Those who marry will face many troubles in this life. Right, it's funny because because couples will come up to me and they'll be like, "Hey, Pastor Tim, something's wrong." I'm like, "What's you know?" I'm like, "What's the matter?" They go, "We got a problem. We got, we got trouble in our marriage." I'm like, "Oh, that's not a problem. You're just claiming one of God's promises." You know, <laughs> those who marry will face many troubles in this life. I, you never hear that kind of read at weddings or you know, out loud by the pastor. I always think it'd be like fun to find, you know, sign a wedding card. You put like verses. You're like 1 Corinthians seven. You know, <laughs> those who marry will have troubles, but too late for you, kind of <laughs> you know, kind of thing. You know. First comes love, then comes marriage, and then comes trouble for many couples. In fact, the last time I taught on marriage, I did get an email from a woman who was pretty upset. Uh, She wrote this. She said, Dear Pastor Tim, I'm writing you because I'm at the end of my rope. My husband and I were recently married, 11 months, and it's nothing like I expected. He doesn't take the time to talk with me, and I feel like I've been duped. Most nights, he just sits in front of our TV like a vegetable. When I ask about his day, he just sits and says nothing. Um, I confronted him, and he got defensive. I said, I expected more emotional support from you. He said, that's okay. I expected more sex from you. (laughs) I'm so mad at him. I know the Bible frowns on divorce, but we're so different. I wonder if I've made a mistake. Sincerely, I just put married and mad because let's just keep it anonymous, right? Uh, Any married folks relate to this, okay, just honestly? One of the greatest challenges, I think, to healthy relationships in 2020 is that our culture really no longer respects how God wired men and women differently. Uh, That is when we take our cues from the culture rather than our creator, we tend to project all these expectations on our spouse and judge them when they don't measure up, and then, of course, we have conflict. So what I want to do today is I just want to lay a very simple foundation for understanding male-female differences, but from Christ's perspective, not from the culture, okay? In Matthew 19, Jesus, our Savior, your Lord, he taught on the topic of marriage, and people were asking him about the dynamic between men and women, and I want you to listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 19, verse four. He says, haven't you read that at the beginning, the creator made them what? Made them male and female. In other words, Jesus says, I'm calling out a distinction. I want you to understand there's a fundamental difference between men and women. Verse 5. And he said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Now he's talking about marriage, the marriage acts, sex, they become a family. So they are no longer two, Jesus said, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. Now, how many of you have heard those words read at a wedding? Right? pastor says, you know, what God has joined together, let man not separate or divide. Now you may kiss the bride. And now, you know, all the women are like, ah. It's you know, it's this romantic moment. But then after the honeymoon, that's when the real fun begins. Because Jesus is very clear here that men and women are wired differently. I mean, I think we know that, right? Like, They're physically different. They're emotionally different. And the way that God wired our brains is different. Now, I want to illustrate this for you in a fun way today, um, and I want to give credit to a guy named Mike, uh, Mark uh, Gungor. He did this, this uh, seminar I went to called Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. Have anybody heard of it? I'd love to bring him to Liquid someday. He's hilarious. I love his material. I can recommend it to you. But Mark Gungor he notes this He says, You know, when Jesus says, At the beginning, the Creator made them male and female, one of the major distinctions between how God wired men and women is how He actually wired their brains. Now, let me make a disclaimer here, okay? Because I'm going to paint in some broad brush today. I'm going to make some generalizations about men and women, and obviously not everybody is the same. But by and large, here's what I've noticed. Married ladies, do you know what your husband's brain looked like? like? Like if you were to crack his head open, and some of you are like, that sounds like a good idea, right? Okay. If you were to look at his brain, you know, under a microscope or an MRI, let me show you what the male brain looks like. A man's brain looks like a waffle. OK, let me just let me just try to illustrate this for you. OK, and s- some of you are like, I knew it. I suspected oatmeal. But, it, you know, <laughs> I don't mean a literal waffle. What, what I mean is a man's brain is made up of tiny little boxes. Uh, men have we have boxes for everything in our world. He's, he's got a box for his job, a, a box for his car, a box for the kids. He's got a box for you. There's a box for your mother living under the stairs over here, you know, kind of thing. And ladies, there's an important rule you need to learn. The boxes are never allowed to touch. Never. Never. Don't touch. When a man discusses a subject, the man goes to that specific box. We open that box, take out only what is in that box, and then we close the box and put it away being very, very careful not to touch any other boxes. That's the genius of Waffle Boy. Our brain is compartmentalized. We like to put things in boxes. Now, let me show you, in a similar analogy, how I believe God wired a woman's brain. Just a minute. <laughs> It's for the Lord for strength, Lord. If his brain is like a waffle, hers is like spaghetti. Where everything is connected to everything. Your job is connected to the money, and the money is connected to the kids, and kids are connected to school, and school's connected to your friend Tracy, and it's all connected. It's like a big bowl of pasta. And understand, all these wires are connected by an energy called emotion. It is one of the reasons why women remember everything. Because if you take an event and connect it to an emotion, it burns in your brain, and you remember it forever. Now, the same thing happens for men, just not as often because, frankly, we don't care. Okay? But, but, but women care about everything, and z- 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 she loves it. Now, the trouble comes when waffles and spaghetti get together, because... When Waffle Boy comes up to Spaghetti Girl and asks a simple question. Hey, did you pick up the dry cleaning? Okay. In Waffle World, this is a yes or no box. Yes or no. Simple. In Spaghetti World, ain't nothing simple. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I went to the dry cleaners. You'll never guess who I ran into. Do you remember Tracy? Her brother Rob got engaged to Jennifer from Lifetime. We gotta renew our membership at Lifetime, by the way. Get, Jennifer's best friends, by the way, with Stacey, she can get us a discount, but don't bother her. She's going through a nasty breakup with a boyfriend. Do you remember him? He's that total creep we met at the Christmas. And Waffle Boy's just like, just what? I just wanna know if I have a clean shirt for work. But her brain's like the internet, man. Everything hyperlinks to everything. So, man, you gotta get used to the idea that you're always going to be about 15 minutes behind in any conversation with her, okay? <laughs> and when she talks, she's going to hyper like, it's just waffles and spaghetti. You see, Jesus said, haven't you read at the beginning? The, God made them that way. The creator made them male and female. They're different. And that's okay. Can you just say, that's okay? That's okay. Now, one of the problems is this. Most men have a box in their brain that most women aren't aware of. I'll show it to you. It's right here. (laughs) We call it our nothing box. Anybody want to guess what's in this box? Absolutely nothing. And this is our favorite box. Out of all the boxes, given the chance, a man will go to his nothing box every single time. Okay, this is why men, right, we can do something completely brain dead for hours on end like channel surfing like, <laughs> right? Or like video games, like Right? And, and, and your wife can walk in and say, what are you, what are you doing? And, he, and what do you say? Nothing. I'm <laughs> Not doing nothing. Remember the frustrated wife in her email? Most nights she said he sits in front of the TV like a vegetable. And when I ask about his day, he just sits there and says what? Nothing. Let me just tell you, nothing drives a woman more crazy than seeing a man doing nothing. I can be there, I'm watching ESPN, and Kyle's like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. And she's like, what are you watching? I'm just like, nothing. (laughs) What are you thinking? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) And for most women, they're like, that's impossible. He's holding out on me. You've gotta be thinking about something. But truly, ladies, it's nothing. This is how Waffle Boys handle stress. We put this truth, we put the situation in a box, we close the lid, and we open another box. It's how God wired us. But fellas, that's not how God wired her. You understand? When Spaghetti Girl feels stress, guess what? She got to talk about it. Because if she doesn't, z- 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 z, if she doesn't talk about it, her brain will literally explode. Okay, Just kinda, I'm just telling you. I did, they just said I got away. Well, who, I can't, well, who does she think he is? She shouldn't have said that. We know it, maybe they should just, her brain goes into hyperdrive. I told you, everything's connected. And ladies, this is very scary to a man, okay? I know guys who run from their wives when they share a problem. They'll be like, Tim, I don't know what to tell her. Brother, who told you to talk? Okay? See? When a woman starts talking about her problems, most men, we think you're asking for a solution. No, 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 no. Spaghetti doesn't want you to fix it. She wants you to feel it. Listen to the girl. Because she needs to release emotion. She's not a man. You try to fix her, she's going to kill you. Don't, these noodles are electrified, bro. Don't touch them. Sometimes, guys, you just need to shut up and lean in and listen. And this is hard for us, ladies, because what I've noticed is men have selective hearing. <laughs> we only tend to hear what fits in our neat little boxes. For instance, if a wife gives her husband a, like a honey-do list, you know, like what I want you to do. And, and let me show you, give you an example. Here's what she says. Honey, go to the store, lay down the mulch, wash and wax the car, get the kids at school, stream some movies, and do the rest of the dishes. Waffle Boy runs this through his filter. Do you know what he hears? Let me tell you what he hears. I'll throw it up there on the screen. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. That fits very nicely in my nothing box, right? What I'm really talking about here is the difference between single-tasking and multitasking. Again, most men, I find, we have limited RAM, okay? Meaning we can only have one application open at a time. At, le- at least for me, again, it, may- it might be different in your relationship, but I, I find, like, you know, if, I- if I'm at home and I open up the work box, you know, and I-, I start typing a message, and Colleen comes in, she goes, honey, I was like, uh-huh, I don't even look, I'm just three layers deep. She's like, honey, can you take out the garbage? I'm like, uh-huh. She might as well have said, would you, like, can you eat the garbage, please? Uh-huh. Like, it does... Di- it's like Charlie Brown's teacher taught, wah, wah, wah. I can't process two things at once. Because when I'm three layers deep in my, in my work and I'm laser focused, I can't process anything else. So you have to understand, it's not because we're lazy or uncaring or, or we don't love you, but God designed us this way. Haven't you heard Jesus said? And not you read the Bible? <laughs> God made them male and female. Not wrong, just different. Again, I'm painting right now in broad brushstrokes. I just want to acknowledge, in your relationship, maybe the, maybe the woman is the waffle, okay? Or, or the guy is spaghetti brain. Not everybody's wired the same way. But by and large, I have found that Spaghetti Girl is a multitasker. I remember after we had our first child, our daughter Chase, and I walked down into the kitchen one night, and my wife Colleen was there, and she had a baby on her, the Chase on her hip, and she's stirring chili on the stove, and she has a phone on her shoulder, talking. And as she's talking, she sees the dog needs to be let out, and she hops over to the door, <laughs> opens it with her foot, hops over, gives me a kiss, and goes back to talking. And I was like, I married a superhero. Because <laughs> if I had to do all that at once, man, I'd be like, I'd, I'd put the, you know, the baby in the oven and, like, <laughs> stir the chili with the phone. I got bandwidth for one issue at a time. Now, listen very carefully. I want to clarify this. This is not an excuse, men, for you to be rude or emotionally shut down. Every successful husband, you've got to learn your wife's love language. But the truth is, as a lot of people go into marriage expecting their soulmate to be their mirror image. And when they're not, we think, oh, they are so different. I wonder if I made a mistake. The Bible says, no, you didn't make a mistake. God designed it this way. Catch this. You're going to have to learn how to love somebody who doesn't share your strengths. In fact, you're going to have to learn to live and love their weaknesses which requires Jesus Christ. (laughs) You need supernatural love. You need supernatural patience. You have to have a spirit of sacrifice and service. And here's the truth that nobody likes to talk about. Christian marriage, when I'm talking about biblical marriage, is more about holiness than happiness. Happiness is when you expect your spouse to meet your every need. But holiness is when you realize only God can actually meet all my needs and I'm going to go to him for the grace to love and accept this sinful, this sinner I married. <laughs> the way Jesus loves and accepts me, right? With a covenant love. See, when you, listen, when you go after holiness in a marriage, guess what? You often get happiness as a byproduct. But if you go after happiness as your central goal, you get neither. This is what biblical marriage is about. It is this fierce, unwavering commitment to love the other person, flaws and all, even when they don't meet your needs. You know it's a picture of? The way Jesus loved you. We are the bride of Christ. And in all of our sin and our weaknesses and our faults and our failures, Jesus says, I love you with all your limitations. I'll even lay down my life and die for you. Husbands, you're supposed to love your wives the way Christ loved the church and died for her. So practically speaking, you got to listen to spaghetti. Wives, you got to be okay repeating yourself sometimes. You want to know the secret to get a man to do something instantly? Just repeat it three times, okay? Waffle boy isn't lazy. He's not shutting you out. He's just wired like a waffle. Jesus says, two become one flesh. You put waffles and spaghetti together, you get wafflegetty, okay? (laughs) Okay? Now, I realized as I was writing this, I was like, you know what? There's probably some dating couples here who are like, then why bother getting married? (laughs) Right? Like if marriage is such trouble, why get married at all? And honestly, like for millennials in particular, uh, marriage is on a steep decline uh, right now. Uh, Living together is just the norm in our culture. I want to read you a second email that I got from, I just called it single and skeptical. This is from a guy. And he wrote, hey, Tim, quick question. I'm thinking about asking my girlfriend to move in with me. Growing up, I was taught living together is a sin, but I've searched the Bible and can't find a verse to support that. <laughs> Appreciate your biblical scholarship, thank you. <clears throat> Honestly, in today's climate, but this is this good. Living together seems to make a lot of sense, and you listen to the logic; it make, does make sense. It's cheaper; we can save money if we get married. Saves on time and travel; we drive or sleep over anyway. Plus, why not try something out before making a long-term commitment? Right Now, that's, that, that seems logical. Listen to what he says. He's being honest. I really appreciate this honesty. Marriage has changed in my generation, and the Bible seems outdated when it comes to rules like this. Thanks for your time, single and skeptical. And then he wrote a little P.S. I, t- <laughs> I took the risk to ask you this because I think you're an honest dude and won't judge me. <laughs> Bro, good news. I'm not going to judge you, okay? You're, wel- you're welcome here, wherever, wherever you are. But I, but I do want to tell you the truth from God's perspective. I want to make a distinction. There comes a moment when you have to decide, am I going to follow the culture or am I going to follow Christ? Because cultural standards are changing radically. In fact, according to census data now, over 7.5 million couples live together. So about 15 million people. It's a whopping 138% increase since 1990. 1990, 30 years, 138% increase, okay? The majority of young adults, millennials, Gen Z, 20s, will cohabitate with at least one romantic partner at least once, okay? Now, here's the truth. Statistically speaking, living together is a disaster. Couples who live together before marriage, and you can look this up, the the statistics, are 50% more likely to divorce than those who live separately prior to marriage. That's not according to the Bible. That's according to the New York Times. Now, why is that? I think we find... The spiritual answer in 1 Corinthians 7. We looked at this last week. Pastor Nathan helped us see how the Apostle Paul, right, he taught first that, that singleness is a gift. But then what happens is Paul shifts to talk about the gift of marriage, specifically the, this issue of sex. The Corinthians had lots of questions about sex. So let's talk about sex, okay? Let, you remember that? Let's talk about se- the salt and pepper. Anybody? Okay, all right, whatever. I <laughs> just show my age right there. Okay. And parents, heads up, because let's be honest, the Bible is PG-13 in some places, all right? And so if you have a kid 13 years, I just think, honestly, this may be relevant to your kids who are growing up in a hypersexual Corinthian culture that says anything goes, swipe right, hook up, roommates with benefits, that's the new normal. Into that cultural chaos, the Bible gives very candid counsel about sex and marriage. Here's what Paul writes. Now getting down to the questions you asked in your letter to me, First, he says, is it a good thing to have sexual relations? Let's read the answer. Here we go. Certainly, but only within a certain context. It's good for a man to have a wife and for a woman to have a husband. Paul says sexual drives are strong. But watch this. Marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide for a balanced, fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. I mean, is the Bible relevant here? Okay. This describes our modern world, doesn't it? Right now, we're living in this culture of just sexual confusion and chaos. Everybody, you do you. Everybody do whatever you feel like. The problem with that attitude is it's selfish to the core. It's saying, what do I want? What do I desire? Whereas the the Bible says, no, the marriage bed, look at this, must be a place of what? Mutuality. The husband seeking to satisfy his wife. The wife seeking to satisfy her husband. Marriage is not a place, listen to this, to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to what? Let's read it together. To serve the other, whether in bed or out. So look how, the, look how Christ is different than the culture. The Bible says sex is actually a way for husband's wife to serve each other. Culture is like, how do I get what I want out of this? Christ says, how do I give myself away to my mate? Now, how does this look in the world of waffles and spaghetti? Let me, uh, let me start this way. Go back to the men, because again, I'll just kind of give you the perspective here, and I, I think this may be helpful to you. For Waffle Boys, <clears throat> see this box? That's the sex box. This is our biggest box. In fact, this box is open 24-7. It is the only box that is open all the time, okay? I, oh, you're, it shocks you, okay? Okay. <laughs> Listen, it's not because we're dirty. It's not because we're perverted. It's because God designed us this way. He filled our body with a chemical called testosterone. Okay? Okay. That's how we're wired. In fact, basic biology fact. For men, sexual interest peaks at around the age 18, and then it goes down from there. In fact, I want to draw this for you. Uh, Thank you. Can we thank you, David, over here. He's always bringing stuff on stage. Grateful for him. As I draw this to you, if you were to scientifically chart out the sex drive of a man, it would look something like this. Biologically, sexual interest in a man peaks around age 18, and then it goes steadily down. <sighs> For the rest of his life, it just goes, plummets. kind of... And, and, then, and then you're dead. Okay, that's kind of... That's the science, okay? <laughs> Behind us. That's, well, sort of true. Uh, now, here's the thing. It's important for you ladies to understand. When it comes to this area, we're not actually driven by our brains, we're not driven by our hearts, but this chemical called testosterone. And it runs through our blood and it drives us crazy. It, I'm just telling you, it keeps the sex box open 24 7. In fact, I dare say, if you women knew how much this drove us crazy, you'd be more disgusted with us than you are right now, okay? <laughs> Just tell me. And while this chart is, is funny and sort of true, you have to understand it's not because we're sickos or perverts. God wired us this way on purpose. Again, these are generalizations. I mean, this is a, it's a stereotype to say men are always more interested in sex than women. In fact, it's possible you're, you're married to a woman who's more interested in sex than you are. And you know what, hey, if you're here today and your wife is more interested in sex than you are, I think I speak for the rest of the men here when I say, we hate you. <laughs> so I just, but li- <laughs> listen, come on. <laughs> we hate you in Christ, okay? Just so <laughs> Marriage between a man and a woman, Paul writes, it's God's given outlet for sexual expression, which is good, which is healthy. It's a gift. Look at this, the Bible. It's good for a man to have a wife and for a woman to have a husband. Sexual drives are strong, but marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide, look at this, a balanced and fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. In other words, in the safety and the sanctity of a Christ-centered marriage, sex is beautiful, it's a gift, it's balanced, it's fulfilling. There's a mutual give and take between the husband and the wife. Now, to explain this, I want to I draw something. I want to give you a little anatomy lesson. You can draw this in your notes or, or, you know, I think we sketch this out in your notes. But let me just do it this way. I'll just do, and I'm going to keep it again, PG, like the Bible here. So let's call this the woman's heart. Everybody say heart. Again, keep it PG. Let's call this her joy spot. Everyone say joy. Joy. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm going to see who actually says this out loud. Because some of you are like, heart! Some of you are like, (gasps) (gasps) Now you have to understand something. I'm just talking to you. On a very basic level, this is one of the husband's primary interest in his wife. Now, this is true. You can judge me and you women can say, that's terrible. It shouldn't be about that. It should be about love and companionship and sharing. Ladies, let me tell you something. If all your husband was after is love and companionship, he'd get a golden retriever. We'd just be done with it, okay? He's supposed to be interested in this. It's not dirty. It's the way God wired him. But watch this. What most men fail to understand is the key to this is this. Yeah? And Oh, now, <laughs> now I get amen, do you see? Listen. And if a man first gains access to this, his wife's going to give him the green light, and now he has access to this. And the circuit is now complete, okay? So, biologically speaking, understand, okay, this is for a woman. Biologically speaking, the sex drive in a man is actually a, God's way of reminding Waffle Boy to be tender to the wife, to be, love that girl. On average, this is just biology, a married man will feel the need for sexual release every 72 hours, okay? Every three days, all right? Yeah. 72 minutes for you, that's your problem. That's just to wake it up. The reason this keeps occurring is because it's God's way to motivate the man. Hey, Waffle Boy, time! wake up, wake up. Time to love the girl. Time to show her tenderness. Guys, you don't just go, hey, you awake, you know, kind of thing. Don't be an idiot. You be tender to the girl. You love that girl. She's a gift. If you want sauce on your spaghetti, you better learn her love language. I'm just telling you. I'm telling oh, can't believe you said this is the truth. Am I not telling the truth, married people? Listen, one night I took, thank you. One night I took Colleen to go, you know, shop. It's like a Friday night. We go to the mall and you know, she goes in the dressing room to try on this dress. And, I, and I'm like, you know, I got my nothing box open, I'm just like looking at my phone. And I walk over to sit on the bench, and there's five other suckers, five other husbands just sitting right here, just with their nothing boxes open, like take a, take a number. And I'm like, this is amazing. It's 8 o'clock on a Friday, and there's five guys lined up in a bench. I wonder why. Let me tell you why. Because they're praying that Friday night is pasta night, okay? <laughs> this is why I, I clean the garage. It's why I load the dishwasher. A lot of, watch this. A lot of the stuff that touches this traces back to this. That is not basic biology. It's basic Bible. And you can judge me, but this is a huge part. Of how marriage works. First comes love. Then comes the marriage act. Now let me talk to the single ladies. Because here's the problem right now in our culture. Ladies. When a woman gives this to a man. Before marriage. Disaster. Because you are literally giving away. All your leverage. I'm just telling you. She's literally giving away the man's incentive to sacrifice, to serve, to take responsibility, to say, I'm going to lay down my whole life to serve you because you got it backwards. You're saying first comes sex, then comes marriage. You got it backwards. I mean, think about the logic of this, right? You live in New Jersey. Would you ever remodel your house and pay the contractor in advance? <laughs> right? Especially in New Jersey, right? Right? And like, if you are remodeling your kitchen, the contractor's like, Yeah, yeah no good, no, that's all good. Pay me up front, I just want all the money in advance. Would you give it to him? Of course not. Why? Because you'd lose all your leverage. If you pay him up front, what are the chances he's gonna follow through? Zero. He's gonna do an excellent job, he's gonna show up on time. You know what's gonna happen. He's gonna cut corners, he's gonna show up late, he won't do what he promised. You know why? Because it's human nature, it's called the sin nature. Everyone instinctively understands you never give a guy everything of what he desires up front. You reward him after he demonstrates commitment to finish the job. Here's the problem, single ladies. When you give this away for nothing without the commitment of marriage, when you hook up with your honey, you are undermining that man's basic God-given motivation to love you for his whole life. You just gave him all the benefits of marriage with none of the responsibility. And then you're like, why won't he marry me, you know? Why won't, why won't he commit? Why won't he? Why, Because why, why? you just gave him everything he wants. you got to make him earn it, girl. If he likes it, he should have put a ring on it. <laughs> That's the first book of Beyonce. I'm just telling you here. It's just basic. Now, listen, Lance, just listen. I'm not, I'm, not try, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, okay? If you're sexually active, if you're sleeping with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, if you're living together, my job isn't to judge you. Uh, liquid, right? Our core values. grace wins. We love you. God loves you. You're welcome here. But I am going to tell you the truth because truth is relevant, and it can change your life. For, for men, this whole thing works in reverse, right? Every woman wants to touch her husband's heart. What are you feeling? What many wives fail to recognize, ask Colleen, is that oftentimes the... the that, I didn't mean anything by that. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I did say to her this morning, we're praying together, I was just like, you know what I'm talking about? She goes, I'll stand with you in the lobby. <laughs> what many women fail to recognize is that the key to getting access to this is often to prioritize access to this. Because for a man, if you prioritize this, he's going to give you the green light to go ahead and access that. I'm just telling you. I'm, I know some of you are just like, really? just, so you talk about it at lunch, okay? What the Bible says, the Bible is very clear, that sex between a husband and wife, this is the man, should be celebrated frequently within marriage. <laughs> All the husbands are like, uh, what verse is this? Where? Where? Look what Paul says. He says the marriage bed must be a place of what? What's the word? Mutuality. Do you see the circuit? The husband seeking to satisfy his wife, the wife seeking to satisfy her husband. Marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. You should be wired just like me. Marriage is a decision to serve the other, whether in bed or out. So wives, when you, when you prioritize physical intimacy with your husband, you are in tremendous goodwill. Because this is like a hotline to his heart, okay? I remember back in the day, you used to say, you know, the key to a man's heart is his what? His stomach. I think they're about six inches too high. Okay? I'm just telling you. Men... The key to what you want, here is her access point. Wives, here is his access point. That is not my opinion as a man. Some of you are like, Pastor Tim's a pig. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I, get, I get it. I'll t- judge me. That's fine. I'm just telling you. I'm breaking down the Bible for you. 1 Corinthians says to married couples, listen to this. It's so practical. Abstaining from sex is permissible for a period of time. If you both agree to it, And if it's for the purposes of crime and punishment. No. (laughs) If it's for the purpose of what? Prayer and fasting. But only for such times, then come back together again. In other words, the Bible says never withhold sex from your spouse as a punishment unless you both mutually decide to do it for a spiritual purpose. But then once you're done with your prayer session, you get back at it. It's like, really? Why? Finish the verse. Satan... Ha- what? <laughs> Satan? Satan has an ingenious way of tempting us when we least expect it. In other words, when the husband or wife withholds sex, Paul's like, you're inviting the devil into your bed. Like Satan gets a foothold in your marriage. I mean, this is ironic if you think about it. Just think about that. I was think, the noodling on it this week. Think about it. Before marriage, the devil will do everything he can to get a man and woman into bed. And then after marriage, the devil will do everything he can to keep them out of it. Let me be clear, ladies. The Bible is not saying the man is king. Oh, no, no, no. It's not saying that, oh, he should, you know, get it anytime he feels the urge. Scripture assumes you are married to a loving, healthy, Christ-centered man with the Holy Spirit of God in him. He's not dirty. He's not perverted. It's part of the way you fill up his love tank. And he fills up yours. And guess what? When you love and serve each other, you get more of what you desire. And he gets more of what he desires. And in the kingdom, in God's eyes, that's called a win-win. Because waffles and spaghetti together, any other menu, they don't go. But in God's eyes, he's like, oh, perfectly paired. Waffle Getty in God, yeah, in God, stir it up, stir it up. In God's kitchen, they're perfectly paired. Two things that are totally opposite, become one. That's how your creator designed it. That's how your father in heaven designed it. First comes love, then comes what? Marriage. Amen? Let's pray together, church. We just thank God for his amazing gift. Father, we thank you. We've had some fun this morning, God, and I pray if there's anything unhelpful, Lord, that I've said or You know, it could be misinterpreted. Let it just fall to the ground to be remembered no more. But Father, you're speaking your truth too. (laughs) We thank you for your word. We thank you for the Bible. It's just so honest and down to earth. And we thank you for the gift of marriage. We thank you for the gift of sex. And I just want to pray right now for all the married couples here. All our campuses, if you're here today, you're married, would you just stretch out your hands? Open your hands like a posture you receive. I want to pray a blessing on you. Father, I pray for every married couple here I ask your blessing. Lord, where there's conflict, God, I just ask you to break down walls in Jesus' name. Open up lines of communication that have been tangled. Maybe even this morning, God, you've surfaced resentments or bitterness that's there. God, would there be a sweet exchange of forgiveness and grace as we humble ourselves under your truth that you designed them to serve each other, not to be at war. Father, I ask for healing in marriages. I, I ask even now, right now, for dating couples. If you're here today, you're in a relationship, just open up your hands, just receive this. Pray for singles right now, God. Those who are dating or want to be married someday. Father, give them the courage to live counter to the culture. To prioritize Christ in their relationship. God, may their, their lives won't be perfect, but may they be marked by purity, God. We don't want to live the way the world lives We want to live the way you designed us to live. Holy, blameless lives. Keeping ourselves humble before you and those we love. So, Father, give them strength. Give them courage. Give them grace. We've received your truth today. Now use it to transform us. I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And everybody said together, amen. Amen. Let's give God a praise.